You're welcome back to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Yolanda Robert. She's a voiceover artist, copywriter, and content strategist. She has also written speeches for top personalities around the world. We talk about her current rebrand, her thoughts on the creative's ego, and branding for creatives. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Yolanda. You're welcome to the Ninja Filmmaker. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, can you introduce yourself? Okay, great. So, my name is Yolanda Robert and um, I have an enterprise, Yolanda Robert Media Productions. Okay, so can you tell us more about your media work? Okay, Um, so with my media work, it's quite vast. I do a lot of things from um, voiceovers, I do video presentation, I do writing. So I do a lot of uh, content strategizing. What do I mean by that? I write content for different for different things. Yeah. It can be for report writing, it can be for voiceover narrations, it can be for commercials and advertisements. It's quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. So can you run us through like for example with copywriting, you have to in a way you're kind of trying to tell the story. Like, how do you approach the work? Okay. I usually approach the work with my client's objectives and needs at the forefront. So whatever my client's objectives are is what I work with, what they're trying to bring out, who their target audience is, what kind of image they're trying to bring out is how I structure my work. It, I, I use their objectives to structure what kind of words I will bring out, the type of language I will use. That's the basis of, of what I use. Okay. Mm. And um, your methods have always gotten the results. Absolutely. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they have. Um, and with time, I think my methods have evolved. You know, we're in this very fast-paced digital type of setting where different things are required. Now social media is at the forefront of everything. So you have to go with the flow, go with what people are talking about, go with what people are saying. So even with the language, even with the slangs and the lingo, depending on the type of target audience, who you're writing for, what you're writing about, you need to adjust accordingly. Yeah. Okay. Right, let's um, talk about your film work. What have you collaborated and what have you worked on recently? Okay, recently? Well, right now, actually, <laughs> I'm working on a short documentary. Okay. Um, I can't divulge too much information about it, but basically it's uh, the client wanted something that is very in-depth yeah. and that has a very professional angle. I have a mix of these type of projects. I have the very professional angle, and then I have the very creative angle. And strangely enough, I have both of those at the same time. So I have something where I have, I'm have i a little more flexible. Hmm. I can be creative. I can add my own 
slice of things into it. But the more professional side usually has, like I said before, the objectives of the client, their needs, who they're trying to target, their, their audience. So um, I have those two different projects at the moment. And I think experience has helped me to know when to hone each skill, when to use certain skills, certain language. And um, it's a very exciting, it's a very exciting thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, sometimes, you know, like um, creatives get briefs from clients and there's always this continuous um, struggle for power between the creative and the clients. How have you kind of manage that like you mentioned with the professional side like mm. you know you always go to the brief but i guess at the end of the day you still have what you think will work for the client but you always have to kind of i guess you know take it easy or not mm. impose impose it on the client How have you handled that over the years okay um that is a huge problem <laughs> i think every creative has this issue trying to tell the client that maybe what you want will not work or mm. what you want will not look good so i am of the mindset of showing instead of telling it takes more effort but it will produce better results mm. what do i mean by that so say the client wants a certain template in their uh, commercial or advertisement they want it to look a certain way but you know from experience or maybe from skill that this won't work or this won't look good or something better can yeah. come out of it um, what I like to do is to offer them a little bit of both so maybe shoot just a little bit either whether it's shooting or writing because it works with both yeah. um, you can write and maybe they want a certain style or but you have a style that you think would suit better. Hmm. You can write the way they would want and then produce another smaller piece of what you think would be best and allow them to choose. Yeah. And just do your best to persuade them without actually, you know, without actually going overboard. But um, yes, that's what I would do. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I like I like that kind of challenge. But I know many people don't like that. Creatives don't like to be corrected. Mm. Creatives don't like to be told that I don't like this. That's not the way I want it done. But I think sometimes you have to go out of your way. Have I encountered some stubborn people who say, no, it's my way or the highway? Absolutely, many times. And in those cases, really, I wouldn't know what to <laughs> what to advise in, in terms of uh, going about that. But what I've known from past experience is just to take each person in their individuality. Yeah. You know, if they're proving that what you're saying doesn't appeal to them, then it's just best to go with what they want. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how many years have you been doing, like, your media work for? Interesting. So, um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I have been doing it for a long time, roughly 10 years. Okay. Um, the reason I laugh is because I have been working in the background for a very long time. I was in a comfort zone where I had a network of clients that I was just circulating around. 
So one day I will write something for someone and they'll refer me to a friend or refer me to a company or an individual or a startup or a smaller organization. And I would just do my work within that small atmosphere, never bothering to market, never bothering to come on social media. But in recent times, I had a very big wake-up call that yeah. made me decide that I think I can do more. I think I need to expand my network. Yeah. So as much as I have been doing it for a long time, I'm in a major process of rebranding and bringing out this experience that I've garnered over the years and try to bring it out to the forefront, especially on the social media platforms. Okay. You said you're, you're rebranding, you're yes. about to, you're trying to open up your network a bit more. Right. Like, um, so what, what do you want to do differently? Okay. What I would like to do differently is uh, not differently per se, but I would like to do it openly. Yeah. And what I would like to do is to offer more voiceovers, to offer more um, writing services, content, uh, corporate writing, report writing, speech writing. I would like to offer it more openly. And another thing I would like to do is to expand my audience, um, not just having high level uh, clientele, hmm. but having people from a broad spectrum. I also want to be able to be reachable to a startup company. I want to be reachable to an individual who just says, look, I want to work on my brand and I want something that portrays me, but I'm not able to speak. I'm not able to write. I can't do my own interviews. I can't, you know, I can't write or speak, but I need somebody to do these things for me. So that's what I want to do. I want to offer these services openly. And at the same time, I also want to enter more into the film industry. Um, I realize that film has a lot of avenues that makes way for media related uh, services such as the ones that I offer. Yeah. In a film, often you will need someone who does narrations. Mm -hmm. In a film, you'll need somebody who does the intro, the voiceover, the outro. You need people who write scripts, who write content. Film needs a lot of that. And so that's something that I would like to delve into. And I'm very excited because I have a few projects that I'm working on as well on that. Okay. How important do you think branding is for the creative? Wow. Branding is, wow, absolutely important. Absolutely important. It's not just branding, but it's also the quality of your branding. In fact, dare I say, the quality is even more important than the branding. Mm. You can have a whole lot of content that's around the branding, but if the quality is not great, you could be an amazing creative, yeah. but if you don't have great quality, you're not going to go anywhere. Nobody's going to see that. And the same vice versa. Maybe you have someone who has an amazing outlook, but their, out, their output in terms of the work is not so great. I will definitely go for the person who visually um, appeals to me. Yeah. If I see something on social media, I go everywhere. I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, and this person is there and they're looking good. They're looking like they know what they're about. Uh -huh. I'm definitely going to go for that person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've read the branding book that talks about... Um, kind of narrowing down the focus you know there are some multi 
I don't know what they call it, multidisciplinary artists. How do you think that kind of a creative can get it right with their branding? Because they represent different interests, you know, in that creative spectrum. How do you think, you know, people can, you know, remember them when something comes up? Okay. Um, and I say okay a lot <laughs> because that is my processing word. All right. um, I believe in order to stand out, you have to create your own niche. People like to apply to everything. Mm. You can't. Choose what you want to do. Choose your audience. And every time, go back to the drawing board. Every time you're about to start something new, go back and say, who is this for? What is my brand? What am I representing? Because if you want to appeal to everyone, you know the famous saying now, yeah. a jack of all trades is a master of none. Um, so yeah, but what one thing I'd like to add on that is I don't think Nigeria really has that much of a problem with this because there is such a wide, wide, wide variety of influencers out there. And I hope I'm not stepping on toes by saying the word influencers because I know some people feel like, well, that's a different discipline because you have influencers and then you have people who have been doing this and people who are skilled and people who went to school. But for me, I just believe if your output is great, huh. it will speak for you. And whatever people comment on, take, take your audience's words for it. What people comment on, is probably what you're best at. So if you're doing a number of things and people keep saying, oh my gosh, your report writing is fantastic. Yeah. Your report writing is fantastic. But when you're trying to brand and market, you keep trying to bring out voiceovers. If voiceover is not working for you, go with what people are saying. What people are commenting on and saying positive about you is what, take that cue. And it's what you should put out there because clearly they're seeing what they want, you know, what is attracting them. Yeah. And you should run with that, definitely. For my branding in terms of uh, what you're trying to portray for yourself, social media has become such a powerful tool. Mm. And if things are not working out as they would before, before people had different methods of branding that are null and void now, um, social media has kind of taken the forefront of things yeah. and we can't deny it. Just like I've explained to you about my story. I got to a point where I realized that if I don't come out and I don't do this, I'm going to be overtaken. I'm going to be swept under the rug and I know I can produce quality. Yeah. So there's no understating branding. It's it's just a very, it's, it's not even an important aspect. It's <laughs> It's the main deal. Yeah. Over the years, how have you evolved? What has shaped who you are today? I would definitely say, as cliche as it sounds, life experiences. Life experiences, and it, it sounds very cliche, but this is the truth. Even in my voice over jobs that I get, yeah. I see the difference in a voiceover I may have done three years ago and a voiceover that I will do today. I think with time, 
I have become calmer. I have become more calculated. Before, I had a lot of excitement. I still do. Um, I, I have a passion for what I do, a very deep, deep love and passion for what I do. But my excitement from the years back has kind of dulled down and it has become more refined. Mm. You know, when you initially start a fire, it's just a burning fire. But with time, if you put enough into it, it becomes a fire that's even difficult to put out. Mm. And I think that is what has happened to me. Over time, my fire has become very much full and thick and it won't be easy to put out. And even like I said in my voiceovers, I can tell the difference. It has, time has just a way of allowing you to see your mistakes, to fix them, to go back and even use some of the things from those mistakes to make a better outcome for things. Um, In my writing as well, I have become more in tune. I, I am less of myself and more of the client. I am. I have become able to gel with my client's objectives. So for example, I can be doing something with a client around the theme of animals. Uh-huh. I love animals as a person, but I'm afraid of them. Yeah. But when I'm around that type of project, something inside me just knows how to mold and how to get with the program of what I'm doing and know that this is not about you. This is, you have to delve into this project you're in. And I think that's part of how I've evolved over the years from that excitement, from that excitement, you know, that happiness that, oh my gosh, look at what I'm doing to actually understanding and saying, okay, this is what the client wants. Let's see how I can fit this in, take what they want. And at the same time, put a bit of myself inside it as well. Okay. Yeah. How important do you think it is to be like less about the creative ego and more about Mm. what the project needs? Mm. The creative's ego is a very big ego. Mm. (laughs) It's a very big ego and it's not misplaced. Mm. It's there, um, but it's not misplaced. It's very important for the creative to be able to put that ego not completely aside, because that ego has your originality in it, has the story that you want to build up for yourself, you know. Um, Let's take something uh, a little bit different. Say I make clothes, Mm. I make dresses, and uh, a big part of what I make has my characteristics, i.e. my ego, my story, inside of it so to completely abandon that would be wrong yeah it you lose your you you, you lose your individuality so as much as the client's objectives and needs are important so is your ego so is your create creative strain your creative wavelength you have to find a way to mesh the two together but one should never overpower the other yeah yeah okay what are your thoughts on um, individuality? You know, sometimes there's this pressure to fit, to be like others. Yeah, what are your thoughts on individuality and differentiate yourself from the crowd? I have very strong opinions about this. 
because I think for a long time, and sorry to bring this back to me as a person, but I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't pay credit to where it's due. I, for, for a very long time, I was trying to be other people, trying to be another brand, trying to look like how, and it's only until I started embracing my own originality, the things about me that I seemingly did not like or did not accept, that I realized how that was embraced by everybody else. And how, if I thought I was getting a reaction before, what I'm getting now, being myself, is so much better. And it's so much less stressful to be yourself. When you are yourself and you use your original ideas, your original thoughts, you don't have to worry about what the outcome is going to, how it's going to be. Yeah in terms of similarities to somebody else. If you just run with what you like, what you want, what you prefer, you'll realize that you get a a far greater reaction and feedback from your audience and your clients. But unfortunately, um, I see people trying to replicate each other's business and it it, it doesn't look nice. It's not a good look. Mm. It's... I have strong opinions about this. I really do. I wish that people could be more... Take the time. The problem with embracing yourself and your individuality is that it takes time. You can't just wake up and say, oh, this is who I am. You have to do a lot of soul searching. You have to see and find out what you like. You have to try and make mistakes to be able to know what you like and what you don't like. Even the people that you look at and think, oh, I want to be like them. I want to replicate. For them to get to that visual um, aesthetic that looks so great mm. and that you say, oh, I wish I could be like that. You don't know the number of years and hours and manpower and money lost that they have put in into making that image look so tight, look so clean, look so crisp, you know. So um, I just, I really would wish that people would embrace their individu- individuality more. And I feel like in Nigeria as well, mm. this, I am not a Nigerian. Um, I just live here. <laughs> I have my life here. But um, I also embrace my own individuality. But in Nigeria, there is this um, sort of abandonment of its original culture yeah and yet nigeria has so much to offer so much the richness in your in your different tribes is so amazing the languages the way you speak i came across a young lady and she told me that she liked the way I do my voiceovers and how they sound and she likes the quality and she likes the way I sound. And I said, send me a sample of you doing voiceovers because she does the same. And when she sent it to me, I was disappointed because she didn't sound like the lady I had spoken to. And I told her, speak the way you speak. Having an incredible voiceover is not 
by sounding a certain way. It's just by following certain rules. Speak at a certain pitch. Slow down your your words. You know, say your words fully. Open your mouth fully. Things like that. It's got nothing to do with the way. Embrace the way you sound. She was laughing, saying no. And I told her, try again. Try again and embrace the way you sound. She sent me a voice note and she said she's very uncomfortable doing it because it's different, but here you go. And when I listened to it, it sounded fantastic. Yeah. It sounded like something we could use. I sent it back to her. I said, listen to your own voice. Listen back to your own voice. And she started laughing. So I just wish that people would embrace more of who they are because you don't know what you think I'm looking for is probably not what I'm looking for. What you think your client is looking for in someone else is probably not. Be yourself. Be your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, you mentioned something about perfectionism. Yes. (laughs) Are you a perfectionist? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That is an understatement. Absolute understatement. I will write things, rewrite them, delete, write, edit, come back again after a day. So, yes, I I really am a perfectionist. I'm working on it. In some aspects, it's great because I get really good results. But in other aspects, I lose a lot of spontaneity because sometimes something just comes out. And I'm like, wow, that's great. But then I go back and I'm like, mm, but it doesn't quite follow the rules. Yeah. So I try to change it a bit. Um, yes, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So over, over the years, like, um, would you say it has enhanced or held you back? Mm, wow, that is a powerful question. I didn't <laughs> see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, um, I'd say both. I would say both. It has been great, um, and I can I can give more specific examples. In video, when I do like video productions, yeah. or I'm in front of a camera, it has been amazing. Because I'm like, nope, we're gonna do it again. Even I'll I'll be the one saying it, not even the director or anyone else. I'm, nope, we're gonna do it again. In fact, sometimes I say like three words. I'm nope, I'm not happy with it. We're doing it again, and. The people I've worked with know that when it comes to Yolanda, it will be take after take after take after take after take until I'm absolutely sure that we've gotten it right. Um, So that has been the positive. The negative, but not completely negative, is with the writing. Because you lose that spontaneity. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need those quirky bits in your writing. Even when it's corporate writing, you do need some parts that are a bit lighthearted. Maybe not an outright joke, but you know, you do need parts that just steer away from the technical and just have a bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with with your writing, there are some rules that you tend to follow. Mm -hmm. Same thing with certain creative endeavors but over the course of your career like what are some of you know the challenges you've faced and this is basically challenges that you have had to you know get creative with things that um other other creatives easily encounter Mm. like what are some of these things I think the biggest challenge that creatives would encounter, which I encounter, and I think everyone listening would have a resounding yes, is the issue of finances. 
There is never enough money. And you always need one thing or the other to make your job better. And then the environment we're in doesn't have a very big, um, how can I say, a very big premium on intellectual property. So therein lies the problem. You have to pump money into something that people don't really value as something they need to pay the big bucks for. So having said that, this has been a challenge and I think will continue to be a challenge until, but slowly people are opening up to it. People Mm. in in, in recent years, I would say, uh, people are becoming more aware that, oh, okay, so if I want someone who is a content strategist, I have to pay good money for this. But before it wasn't the same. If I want someone to take pictures of me or if I want someone to do a video of me, people will just brush it off. Ah, is it not just to turn on your camera? Is it not just to press and to point your camera in the direction? They don't understand the work that goes into it. They don't understand the you know, the investment into your into your your equipment. Yeah. Your microphones your laptop, your phone. Many businesses now, like small startups, they, they use their phones, they invest in like the latest phones to have great quality for their, for their pictures or their video. And yes, these are some of the challenges. I think this is the biggest challenge, finances. And even with writing, people think, is it not to write? But no, you have to make some investments. There's no such thing as having enough knowledge. Um, I write vastly, widely. Hmm. So writing widely needs a wide set of knowledge, a wide set of information. You constantly need this information from books, from courses, from you know many other places, many other things, and also certification sometimes. Sometimes you have clients who want to know where did you go to school? What makes you eligible to write this for us? So you have to show certain things. So yeah, I think this would be finances is definitely <laughs> is definitely the biggest challenge and overcoming it also depends on your creativity. You know, how you can work your way to maybe collaborate with people. All right, I will shoot this for you if you will allow me to use your equipment. I will do this for you if you, you know, that sort of thing. And I think creatives can relate to this. Yeah, okay. I mean, we're creatives. Sometimes, you know, we're passionate about the work. We're, Mm. We're into it and all that. But what we fail to do is to document. Right. Because when you document it, you can show it as okay this is what i do mm-hmm. it can it can aid your branding how have you managed to do that mm. this is a this is a very key question for me because this is one of the biggest mistakes i have made in my career as a writer and um, as a content strategist yeah. this has been the biggest mistake i've made um, mistake in that i've been doing this for 10 years And over the past 10 years, not only have I done a lot of work, but I have traveled a lot. I've been to many different countries and carried out work in different countries. 
but because I'm working within this comfort zone and I'm just trying to produce this end result, I'm not thinking of myself. The only time I'm thinking of myself is how much you're going to pay me for the job I'm doing. Yeah. But we need to be absolutely intentional that when you're working on a project, you need to take a big chunk out to invest that, that time into your own brand. If you're taking something in terms of documenting where you are, documenting, like time stamping it, knowing when you are doing it, just even if you don't know how you're going to use it or what you're going, just take what you can. If it's in the form of video or voiceover, take extra shots, take pictures on your phone, take short videos on your phone, ask someone next to you, can you take a video of me while I am speaking to this person? Can you take a video of me while I'm talking into the mic? Yeah. Those things, they aid you, they can help you get better jobs. And this is a mistake I made for a long time, which is now part of what I am trying to correct. I spent so much time just doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. I met with so many people. Fortune 500 CEOs I was literally rubbing shoulders with every day for projects. And when the project ends, it's like, I've done work with this person, but how do you prove it? Yeah. I've shot a video for this person, but how do you prove it? At least with a video, you can somewhat prove it, but all the other things, you can't really have anything to show forth for yourself. So I think the key word here would be intentional, intentionality. That would definitely be the key word. You have to be intentional. When you're taking on a project, know that I have to take time out because I need this for my branding. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's um even with films, it's it's a common problem because what some producers end up doing is okay, we have to produce a film, um, we make the film, we get the actors, everything happens and um because of the way most films are made. Mm with limited funds, you know. Um, when it comes time to, you know, tell people about the project, mm. there's nothing to push that agenda. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to learn how to do the work. It's another thing to do the work. And then it's another mountain to, you know, climb that you have to tell people about it, get them to mm. see what you have made. You, you know, you, you said you do press kits and all that. Yes. This, these are some of the things that, you know, yes. films mm. need because this, these are things that you can maybe send out to news stations. They just Definitely. need to quote you. Yes. You don't need to always, you know, go physically to do those things. Like what other ways do you think, um, I guess, film producers can ace it with their PR? For films. Okay, where they could ace it with their PR. Uh, I still go back to the word I just said before, intentionality. Yeah. Um, something that I have started doing lately, which I just did on one of the last projects I worked on for a documentary, I literally, and it also goes back to like three questions back when we spoke about trouble with finances, mm. but I knew that what I would be getting out would be much more important than what I had to take out from my own pocket. So what I did uh, with my last project on a documentary is I went to the guy editing mm. and I said, I will pay you a token to just cut me a bit, cut me an extra edit for my own consumption. An edit that has me, that showcases me, that's me in the forefront. If possible, say this 
to the person editing or filming before you start filming. Yeah. Tell them, I need this. I need these shots in this. So this person knows they're doing their job, but you're also paying them a little bit extra to bring out you to kind of do a branding that is kind of indirect so that you can use this. So I find that that is one way you could do that. Another way that you could do this is, um, although tricky and would cost you a bit more, is to try and come after the project has been done. That way is quite tedious. Yeah. It wouldn't be my first option. But if all is done and you've had a project that was really good, that would have to be your only option to go after the project is done and see if you can salvage anything. And then at the very beginning, before you start any project, have a small waiver form that you can take to the people you're working with, have them sign it and agree and say, hey, at the end of this project, I need to be able to take away some of this to use for myself. We are on this together. Yes, this is not my project. Yes, yeah. I'm working on it. Yes, I'm doing this. But for the sake of my brand, I need you to sign off that I am allowed to use this. Because once you have that, then you're good to go. Because sometimes you have projects where the client says, oh, yes, you've worked on it. But no, you cannot have a copy of it. No, you cannot use it. No, our logo is not, but they need to understand that it's not about their logo or mm. anything else. It's about you being able to show proof of your work. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that was good enough. Yeah. That's helpful. You work, you work with words a lot. What is the power of words? Words. Words have tremendous power, but I find that something that com competes very heavily with the power of words is your delivery of them. Mm. Your pitch especially if it's spoken. Um, something as simple as, I love your shoes. Or, hey, your shoes are fantastic. I love them. They have different words, but it really is the pitch that differentiates the two. Yeah. And I feel like words and pitch go hand in hand. When you know how to use words, you are able to, it's a power in itself. It's a world in itself. You're able to convince people better. You are able to uh, you are able to argue your points better. You're able to fight for yourself better when you have a better choice of words. And the only way to have a wider range of vocabulary, I always say, is reading, reading or watching movies. I'm a big fan of um, not reinventing the wheel. No mm. need to reinvent the wheel. It's already been invented. Don't go and reinvent it again. No need to kill yourself with finding ways to make things so extra amazing. Watch movies. Read books. You hear phrases. When you hear something that you've never heard before, pause it. Write it down. Google it. Or get a dictionary or whichever. Like yeah. I always have a dictionary at hand, but I know many people don't. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, maybe Google it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Google it. And find out what does that word mean? What does that phrase mean? And use it more. Because if it caught you, it can catch somebody else. And use these phrases more. Incorporate them in your talking. Words are very powerful. Words are extremely powerful. They have the power to make or break your project. They have the power to make or break your project. I do a lot of uh, technical writing yeah. for organizations. And somebody asked me, how do you do technical writing if we have something on 
you need to write on medicine. What do you know about medicine? Mm. I don't need to. I will do. I will put in the amount of research that I need to on what you want me to write based on your objectives and your needs. But I don't need to. If you read well, if you pay attention and gel and come in sync with what the company does, with what they just the, like the things we spoke about earlier, you will realize that it's it's not easy, but it's attainable. It's attainable. Yeah. And also, when you are able to put your ego aside and say, "Tell me what you do." Okay, show me what you do. Show me what people have written in the past. You've had writers in the past before. Show me what they have written. It really helps. It really does help. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's the personalization that makes all the difference. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I guess the hope of every creative is that, you know, they keep getting inspired, they keep mm. evolving as mm. a creative. What are some practices you that you think could be helpful to always, you know, see things from a fresh perspective, to always add something extra. Mm. What are some of those practices? Some of the practices that I use, um, I take, I take breaks. Know when to take a break, because when I'm burning out, my I can't think. Nothing goes in again. But some people keep pushing, even in that burnout, they keep going, they keep going, and I highly discourage that, because your creativity just dies. It does not like it's 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 like a, a stubborn donkey. It says mm. I'm not moving. It doesn't go anywhere. And you realize that the more you try, the the poor quality just keeps enhancing more and more and more. Yeah. So I would encourage I would encourage frequent breaks, not too long, but take time to check yourself. And then something that motivates and inspires me a lot is to look at what's out there. When you see what people are doing, you're like, okay, I need to get my game tight. I need to get my game right. This is where I'm messing up. This is where I'm not. I need to do that more. And then as well, uh, just self-reflection talking to yourself, journaling, self-meditation. I know it sounds very, um, very cliche and, yeah. and, and very, Wishy you washy. know, yes, yes, very namaste type of thing. Actually, someone used to call me namaste because I used to talk about meditation a lot. But that is pretty much it. When you take time to self-reflect and write, I'm a writer, maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. I don't know. Maybe mm. for someone in video or production, it could be different. Shoot something different, you know. Go somewhere else where you can just get a different vibe from what you always do. Mm. Maybe that could help. And uh, yeah, money is always a good uh, contributing factor. <laughs> so I feel like maybe when something is not going so great and then a good job comes along that pays well it motivates me to keep going on to keep yeah. going yeah <laughs> okay so um yeah what what are you working on what can we look forward to mm, what can you expect from me so first of all um i have this one project that i told you about that i can't quite speak on because uh i'm in the middle of the project but it has to do with recreation and with animals and it's out of my comfort zone because like I said, I love animals mm. but keep them away from me. But this is helping me to enter into this uncomfortable zone and because it's a video production, 
I am, I am forced to make it show on me. So my fear can't show, my anxiety can't show. So that is what I'm working on and it's very exciting. At the same time, I also have um, a very large report that I'm working on while I'm at the beginning phase of it. And uh, I'm working with a, a bigger team than I usually would. So this also is out of my comfort zone because I'm used to calling the shots and having the final say mm. and me being the final edit. But all of a sudden I'm part of something where someone else has the final edit. Mm. And um, yes, in some ways I'm the lead content strategist, so I get to steer the ship but there are many other people who are also a part of it. So those two things, but not just those. I have, I'm, I'm working on some personal projects on my branding. I am coming out with a new rebrand of myself. And I think that can be looked forward to with much excitement. Okay. Yeah. And um, where can we see all this work? What's, what are your social media handles? So for now, um, because of the rebranding that's going on, the only form of correspondence and communication that is available is Yolanda Robert Media at gmail.com. For now, that is the only um, form of correspondence yeah. that is available. So if you have any inquiries, if you would like to just... Um, Make some inquiries, yes, on what we do, on the services offered, on the rate cards that we have. Please don't hesitate to contact us at yolandarobertmedia at gmail.com. So that's Yolanda Robert Media, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A-R-O-B-E-R-T, media, M-E-D-I-A. That's one word, yolandarobertmedia at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Yolanda, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Selegov Film and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at The Niger Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.